and welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 20, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the first episode of Steven Universe, Jim Glow. My name is Ken Davis, and joining me today is... I'm GC Wempe. Super cool, super cool. No Hunter and no Dakota today. Typical, typical. We go back to where it all began, and we find that we're missing two people. <laughs> I don't know if this has been annoying to the, the listeners or to the audience, but I've actually really been enjoying this kind of thing we've been having the last few episodes where someone's missing, and then one of us just spends like five minutes of the episode derating their incorrect opinions. So uh, hopefully I can continue that tradition today with two people missing. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, then you'll be missing, and both of them will be ranting about how you completely misunderstood Jim Glow. <laughs> it's a never-ending cycle of hatred, my favorite type of cycle. It is one we see far too often in the internet world. Ronaldo was oh so right. The Sneep will have us under their control. (laughs) Oh no. I'm just kidding. I don't hate those guys. And uh, I'm I'm just saying that uh, if there is a good dub, I prefer the dub. But uh, a lot of people don't put in the effort to record a good dub. GC, I will fight you to the death on that point, but I guess we can talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) When we finally get all the way up to our uh, Keep Beach City Weird episode. But so Gem Glow is where it all began. I think the most entertaining thing for me is playing Spot the Exposition when they're doing it. Because, you know, it's the first episode of the show and they they have to introduce you to the concepts. Yeah, yeah. Not even just, like, verbal exposition, but even when Steven's running to the, uh... The temple. Yeah, the temple. Sorry, how did that escape me? When he's running to the temple, they have, like, this leering shot of the temple that's, like, three or four seconds long that seems really out of place for any other episodes, but it's like, oh, it's the first episode, they got a show where he lives, right? Just like in Bubble Buddies... They spend more effort animating the bubble to show that it's rose quartz related. Usually it just pops up a pink bubble, but in this it actually is a rose at first. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So they do the same thing with the shots in this episode. You got a lot of detail. Here, look at where they live. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is actually a beautiful encapsulation of Gemkind as a whole, or at least their presence on Earth when you think about it. I mean, it's grand but decaying at this point. Yeah, I've always really liked the art that they've had associated with like ancient gem artifacts and locations. It's always very, very pretty. But uh, for the exposition, what really jumped out at me, they had a bunch of it, but what really jumped out at me is the, why don't you make some with your magic belly button? It's not how it works, Lars, is it? <laughs> That's That does a lot of exposition right there if you want to sit down and analyze it. I mean, they're, 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 they're definitely in full-on no dialogue that doesn't, you know, expand on this world mode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What stood out to me about that was just the fact that does Lars even in future episodes acknowledge that Steven has magical powers? Is that like the only time? It's the only time I remember he acknowledges that there's weird stuff about Steven, but he never, never that I can remember makes any reference to magic. Yeah. I mean, uh, but then again, that's like the whole theme of the series. It's like magic, who cares? Yeah, right. And we've talked about how strange we kind of find the attitudes of the people around them. So again, that's that's the whole point. You know, the ma- mundane and the magical encountering one another and the mundane kind of winning out. Right, right. 
A thing that immediately stood out to me, like the second you start watching this episode, was Steven's voice being different. Like, there's that transition, I guess, because the voice actor is getting older in the progression of the series. But I just forgot that that happened, and I forgot that Steven had uh, sounded different in the beginning. So that was kind of, I guess, surprising is the wrong word, because obviously I've seen all of this before. So it wasn't a surprise, but I totally forgotten about that. It was good to hear again. Well, it probably just took him some time to get used to the voice, you know, to like ask you, hey, do this voice and then you do it and then over time it changes as you do it more often as you watch the episodes and you just kind of get used to it. I know that for Invader Zim in the commentaries the guy who does Gurr's voice, well, I know Gurr, I think maybe Zim was involved too, but I know that for Gurr they had to run his voice through a filter to really. get the Gurr voice, but they had to keep changing the filter settings as the series went on because he was watching the previous episodes, and they changed the filter they ran his voice through to make it sound like Gurr because he kept changing his voice as oh, the series went okay. on to sound more and more like Gurr until they were barely filtering at all by the end. Oh, I gotcha. That's cool. Maybe Zack was going through something similar. I know he was fairly old. Everybody talks about, oh yeah, you could really hear that Zach Callison's voice has finally started changing. It's like, you know he's 18, right? Oh, is he that old? I had no idea. I, I'll look, I'm gonna look it up right now, but I'm pretty sure he is 18. Uh, 17. His 18th birthday will be this year. Okay. It's pretty rad. Yeah, I definitely would have thought that he was a lot younger than that. So, I mean, let's say the series premiered in October or November of 2013. So let's say they were recording a year before in October of 2012. He, he would still have been 15 when they started recording, so... Oh, wow. Okay. I, I don't know what the uh, statistical distribution is, but you can hear his natural voice towards the end of Garnet's universe. And it doesn't sound... I mean, you can tell it's the same voice actor, but it's very different than Steven's voice. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, I hope they do more with the centipedal in the series. I mean, I'm kind of sad that we haven't seen more of her in season two. I mean, we didn't see her at all for the second half of season one. I, I feel like we're kind of owed some a progress report on that plotline, don't you think? I mean, she was in the first episode. Yeah, I know a lot of people are very hype about Centipedal. I never really cared. <laughs> like that uh, episode, the other episode that she's in, really didn't affect me that much. So I'm personally pretty indifferent about it. You know, I'm not. I'm not a person who gets like affected by this kind of stuff. But I did very much love that episode. I mean, Monster Buddies was just so good. I mean, who who didn't just laugh out loud when they heard? You have to remember, this all happened today. <laughs> Oh, I do remember that now. Yeah, that was funny. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I'm kind of hoping for some action. I mean, because there was some big foreshadowing in that when the centipede climbed up the cliff face and then got up to the lighthouse. You see she's looking up in the sky and that's the exact same direction Steven looked at the end of Ocean Gem when he was saying, when he was talking to Lapis, you know, wherever you are. Oh, really? Okay. It's a nice catch. Yeah, I, I, I think somebody pointed that out, and it's like, oh, he's right. Huh. But yeah, as far as first episodes to a series go, I think Gemglow did a very good job. 
So yeah, I remember watching this. I don't remember how much later this came out after the pilot, but whenever the pilot was first put on Cartoon Network's website, I watched it and I was actually pretty excited for the show because I really enjoyed the pilot. But in comparison to the pilot, I didn't like this as much. So when the show finally came out and I saw this episode, my expectations were a little bit uh, deflated, even though those expectations would be exceeded by a considerable margin uh, in later episodes, I guess we'll get to eventually. So I'd say that this is a good first episode, but... All the same, when I first saw it, I was kind of disappointed. But you're right, it accomplishes everything it needs to, introduces you to the characters. It's very pretty. I especially like the scene where Pearl is teaching Steven and (laughs) using the Sakura uh, metaphor. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, man, this show is absolutely gorgeous. Of course you like that. It had Pearl in it as the main character (laughs) of the scene. How could it be bad? Touché, GC. Touché. But yeah, it says that the pilot came out about three, three months and a week before the series came out. Does that sound about right? That doesn't seem possible. There's no way they could have reduced like a number of series. Well, when they, episodes. when they put it out, not when they, they released this. Wikipedia says the pilot came out on the 27th of July. And then the same year, series started airing November 4th. That's not how I remember events happening, but I mean, human memory is incredibly. Yeah inaccurate so yeah i mean i'm sure you're right if that's what wikipedia says then yeah all i know is that if something happened three months ago it might as well have been half a lifetime away for me so i I could believe that i never actually saw the pilot until i was already already quite invested in steven universe I, i was really glad to have it on the have it on the dvd that they released Oh, yeah, because they took it off the website for a long time, didn't they? All I can say is I'm super glad they changed the design on Pearl from from the pilot to what we got. I think I like Pilot Pearl better, but fair enough. The gems mentioned that they already knew that Cookie Cat was discontinued. I was wondering how they knew that, because in later episodes, they clearly don't interact with humans and don't know much of anything. So, Well, we've seen them reading newspapers in later episodes, So maybe even before the events of the series, they were doing some half-hearted attempts to try to, you know, connect with humanity better, since, you Uh, know, their leader kind of reincarnated as one. So perhaps they read it, maybe they saw it on the telly, maybe maybe Garnet picks up radio transmissions with those those glasses of hers. Yeah. Those shades. It's plausible. I mean, there, you, you can come up with some ways. Yeah, yeah. And then the last thing was, I thought it was kind of strange, maybe strange is too strong of a term, but it was kind of odd that the way the gems reacted to Steven's song, like they just thought it was really funny. And maybe my memory is wrong, but do you ever recall them just being that thoroughly amused at Steven? Like they don't laugh out loud at his jokes all that often throughout the rest of the series. Mm, I get, I got the feeling that was something that he's done before. Like, they're like, oh, oh, he's doing it, he's doing it. <laughs> so, like, a running yeah, yeah. joke of Stevens, or a catchphrase, if you will, except it's a song. I gotcha. I mean, how, how come we haven't got Cookie Cat branded ice cream sandwiches, you know, in the stores yet? I mean, I am disappointed in Cartoon Network's marketing department. Speaking of which, there's this YouTube channel that shows you how to cook various different types of nerd food or whatever. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and they do a video on how to make your own cookie cat ice cream sandwich. So if anyone wants to look that up, then feel free. It was moderately entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, you're not in Texas, but, you know, Hunter, Dakota, and I are. So we're like in crisis mode over ice cream, what with the Bluebell factory shutdown. Oh, yeah, no, that, that hit me too. 
I went to the store to get some Bluebell the other day, and there wasn't any because there was a freaking massive recall. Yeah, man, it's like, you gotta realize that once you have Bluebell, you can never go back to eating inferior ice cream. So it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to switch to another brand. I'm just going to avoid eating ice cream altogether until they have the real stuff back in the stores. Okay, well, I'm not as dramatic as you. I I just got a different brand, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. right. I did prefer the Bluebell. Of all the weird things to be thinking about, I'm thinking of the commercial they, they had for the remake they did of Andy. That once you have a taste of something good, and it's gone, all you'll ever be able to taste is not that taste. <laughs> I don't know, that's just what it made me think of. That movie was not very good. But yeah, the Cookie Cat, the cookie cat theme was actually the, the, the subject of a lot of fan theorizing, I think right from the start. You know, is the cookie cat theme, you know, did the gems somehow influence the cookie cat theme song? Is it about them? Because, you know, I don't think the series got any points for finally revealing that the gems are from outer space. I think everybody just kind of figured that. I didn't figure that. I hesitate to say that that was surprising to me, but that was definitely not my assumption. In fact, I was kind of disappointed that they were just aliens. Maybe the word just isn't deserved there, but that's how I felt. I mean, they're magic rock ladies. Do you, do you think they come from Earth? I mean, I all uh, if the show had decided to go with that route, they could have they could have easily made it work, but that's that's just not the first place you're going to think, "Hey, our people are magical rock ladies. Where do they come from?" Oh, they came from Earth. That's usually not where people decide to go with it. I was thinking that they either came from Earth, and Earth just has a lot of magic on it, or they came from another dimension. I guess if you you could argue that if they came from another dimension, there would be aliens in a different sense, sure, but I don't know. I'm just thinking, Pearl with the Zen Garden, that would be very in character. How come we haven't seen that yet? I mean, she lost her tree. She has to fill the void with something. When did she lose her tree? Um, Hollow Pearl cut it down. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess they could do like Kids Next Door, just put it back and have some giant bandages holding it in place, but <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to be the same. Mm, that was a beautiful tree. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure there are more. I mean, she had to have got the seedling from somewhere. R.I. Tree. <laughs> Wrist in trees. I bet, I do actually want to mention how amusing it is. They, you, you know, when Amethyst cuts the dumpster with her whip yeah. and how funny that is? Yeah. It's actually, there are a couple things about that scene. First, they, they were just showing how strong the gems are just right there. So more exposition. But two, somebody right. was asking for the music that plays at that point. And, you know, if you listen, it sounds like it's what's supposed to be Amethyst's theme. But they've never actually released that. Only Pearl's theme. Oh, really? I mean, you can hear at the start of the Alexandrite theme that they released, but no standalone. Don't know why. It's pretty cool. I mean, again, I, I just wish Steven Universe would get a proper soundtrack release. That that would that would make me a happy happy person. They've been putting all the music on SoundCloud. That's more than like any other show gets, or most shows at least. Yeah, but like that doesn't feed my rabid consumerist desires. You know, <laughs> if, if if what it's like, I'm gonna make another reference, and this one's gonna be to a show I've referenced before, Penguins of Madagascar. I'm going to go all Julian and say, what good is something if it is not very expensive? GC's not happy getting something for free. He has to pay an exorbitant amount of money for it. Hey, that's what that's what worked so well for League of Legends. Why not for Steven Universe? Can't argue with you there. I just mentioned League of Legends and now I'm thinking of Dawngate. Now I'm sad. Even when I've like seen or played the thing you're referencing, I still don't understand the references. Oh, yeah, because you know, I tend to, if I like something, I tend to fanboy pretty hard about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll, I'll be like on uh, SpongeBob 
where SpongeBob and Patrick are sitting there conversing about, oh yeah, do you remember in episode number 93 when Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy did this? Oh yeah. And you have Man Ray in the background being like, um, hello, villain here. <laughs> yes, ma 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 That was a great episode. That was a pre- <laughs> That's not my wallet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. I guess that's our episode. Join us next week when we talk about something. We're going to be talking about Steven Universe and anything else that we can think of at the time. If you have any suggestions for things you would like to hear us talk about, leave us a comment in the Reddit thread or the comments on www.lunarseaspire.com. Well, until then, I'm GC13. I'm Ken Davis. And again, see you next week. Peace out, yo. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast was not sponsored by Bluebell Ice Cream, but if you guys want to send us something, I'm just saying.